Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Back from the dead. Well, in my case, back from the beach. Well, Heidi's back too to be from back. the desert. It's good to be back. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hi guys. Like we took just a couple of weeks off, I guess there. And um, and now we're all rejuvenated. You know, for those of you who have missed me and Heidi in our regular episodes, we sincerely- Which is everyone. Of Everybody course. Everybody misses yeah. us. We sincerely <laughs> apologize for not being the dynamic duo the past couple of weeks, but- we were having to focus on something that's a, a buzz term called self-care. We really did. And for Heidi, it was, you know, uh, her, her Movar experience, which we'll get into. And for me, it was my eating good food and surfing. So uh, mission accomplished. We're both feeling rejuvenated. So basically, you're getting the A-plus version There's me and Heidi. There's a way better vibe in here. <laughs> in August, you got the Dave. I was like, do I have to go record? I mean, I love it and all, but I don't feel like it. And I was just trying to get through it and power through it after long days. But now you're getting, you can't see me, but you're getting the very tan David. He is tan. His belly is <laughs> eating lots of good food. And I actually got good surf, guys. And for me, that's a miracle because I haven't gotten good surf in five years and I go all the time, it seems like. So I'm extraordinarily happy. Besides the fact that I had two scary, and I didn't tell you about this, Heidi, I almost drowned twice. You know, I don't doubt it. Was there a shark involved? I well, mean, you... <laughs> luckily, there wasn't a shark pulling me down because that would have probably got the best of me. But the waves were pretty big and the currents were strong. And... um I mean, I haven't almost like, I haven't gotten scared underwater in a while, but of course, usually when I go to surf, it's like one to two foot. This time it got pretty good size and strong. Long story short, I had a couple scary things happen that have never happened to me before. Uh, my, my wetsuit jacket got pulled over my head and filled up with water and started dragging me down to the bottom. Very scary. Uh, another one, my, my leash got wrapped around my body in a very odd way that's never happened to me. And I've been surfing since I was a little kid in a way that trapped me and I, I couldn't get my leash off and my board. Here's the problem. When I went under the water in both these circumstances, I was out of breath and breathing really hard, but I didn't get a chance to take a breath before I went under the water. So I wasn't under the water a long time. I can hold my breath a lot longer than that, but I didn't get a chance to take a breath and I was already gassed out because I was exhausted. So, um, yeah, so I'm still here, but man, I had, I had a couple of clothes. And, and by the way, you guys, I have not told my wife this. So you guys know something, because if I tell my wife, then it really screws up my surfing opportunity. Right. So as far as my wife goes, I didn't see a large great white shark, great. and I didn't almost drown twice. <laughs> so if you guys run to my wife ever, just tell her, oh, her David is so safe when he surfs. You know, I noticed right when you got here, you got out of the car, you just, you just looked so rested. So yay for you. Well, you need to see me in my environment. Before we started the podcast, we talked about in some time in the future, doing a workshop in my own hometown, beautiful resort overlooking the water. And uh, yeah, that will be the workshop of all workshops because I'm, <laughs> from, I'm from a pretty cool place, Carlsbad, California. So I was happy. I had a great trip. I am totally rejuvenated. But enough about me. Let's talk about Heidi. I mean, we got to hear about your experience in the uh, this beginning and at the end of Movara. But now that you're back here... Was it all that you, you had hoped and more? Seriously, it was so, so good. It was, here's the thing. When I left, I had all this nervousness and apprehension. And I was trying to figure out, I mean, yeah, I was, I was nervous about like having to exercise all day because I haven't exercised in like a, over a year or so. Um, and so I, I knew I was going to be tired. I knew I was going to be sore. I kind of had all the, that thoughts. But you know what? My biggest fear was that I would kind of invest while I was there, that I was, that I was going to take the time out, time away from my family and work. I was going to go there. I was going to spend this, the blood, sweat, and tears. And then I was going to go home and just fall back into every old habit. And um, I was genuinely worried about that. 
because I don't have a track record of sticking with any type of healthy decisions. <laughs> and um, by the way, just a little side note, you sound like half the people at our first workshop. They're like, I'm a little scared them to go home and screw this up and right? not keep up with it. Because that's yeah. the thing. Like if you do, you know, you want to make a change and then you invest money, time and energy only just to go right back to your old habits. That's so that's a, that's well, if a you fear. went back to your old habits, that would be the ultimate fail because it would totally be your fault. Right. Because then you would have you'd be equipped. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't know, and I don't want to jinx it. So And it's too fresh, too early, just can keep on imagine plugging me away. like knocking on wood, but um so I was given a couple challenges to come home with. I was I was nervous and, and everybody knew that I was nervous about going home. I was just nervous about even like going to Target because there's like tons of treats that you could find, you know, whatever. Um, so I was challenged to do the following half an, a half an hour of exercise every day, eat three balanced plated meals sitting down per day. That was what I was challenged to do. So sitting in a car. No, no, oh, that, that does not okay. work. Because you're sitting, no, technically. I thought that, maybe you'd find some You know what? Actually, so. that's true. That is yeah. a loophole. <laughs> um, since I've been home, I've missed a couple lunches. I have not eaten out. Um, I have not eaten fast food. I've not eaten a French fry. Nice. I have had two Diet Cokes. And I'm not really telling myself I can't ever have Diet Coke or whatever. But I have had enough. I've been energetic based on the nutrients that I've been eating. I learned all about nutrient-dense food. Um, Micros and macros. And no, we didn't talk about, about that. that that's, that's too hard. It was, it was still, <laughs> Keep like, it simple. It's still yeah. kindergarten level. Yeah. Um, I feel good. And I haven't been able to say that for a really long time. Um, I didn't go there thinking, okay, I'm going to transform my body and it's going to be like the biggest loser. I'm going to come home and I'm going to just, nobody's going to be able to recognize me. Like I didn't have that. I was two weeks. That would, you know, um, while I was there, I lost some weight. It wasn't a massive weight loss, but I lost eight pounds of body fat and I lost four percentages of body. I, I, I lost four percentage of body fat and eight pounds of fat. So they do like the thing where they calibrate yeah. like how much muscle yeah. you have. And how, and um, I gained two pounds of muscle. Um, and Well, in two weeks, that's very substantial. Good, right? that, yeah, I that's very legitimate, seven, very substantial. Seven inches. I lost three inches on my belly, like on my waist. And I was I was like, whoa, this is... So it's like, not supposed to be there? Right. Because <laughs> it went so... away so fast. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. <laughs> um, and, and I don't know. I, ha- I learned that I could do it. Nice. And I learned how to... They helped me simplify it in a way that I didn't have to overthink it. They didn't put me on a plan. They didn't tell me to count the calories or the fats or the grams or anything. They just said, eat half a plate of vegetables, one serving of protein, one serving of carbs, every single meal. And then, the, you know what? The nutritionist, we were talking about emotional eating. And here was the interesting thing. It's not thing. real. <laughs> we're talking about, <laughs> Brandon's like, what? <laughs> we're talking about emotional eating. And here was the thing. It was the same it was the same stuff we talk about here on the podcast. The tools that we talk about are the same tools. Just the eating is a different addiction. It's a different problem. It's a different escape, but it exists for every one of us. I mean, we sat in this class where we talked about, well, so what did you eat when you were little? What were your rewards? How did your mom show you that she loved you? Cookies, dessert, and, you know, it was very eye-opening to me just because, you know, we talk a lot about this stuff. We talk about solutions a lot. A lot. Um, 
it kind of shocked me how much alignment there is between having issues with food and triggers, you know, like I might not understand triggers of anxiety because I don't really have anxiety. I guess I do have some anxiety. So <laughs> these guys are looking at me like, what? Imagine she was talking about a different <laughs> example. <laughs> but like, you know, the trigger of when you go into a movie theater. You, how can you not have popcorn and milk duds or, you know, red vines? And there's no, like, there, there. I just went to a movie yesterday and there's all these signs everywhere. No outside food or drink. No outside food or drink. But there is not one option that you can... Not one good, yeah, safe, healthy option, right? And so I had to eat milk duds. I had no choice. <laughs> They're smart. They could charge a whole lot for a protein bar in right? a movie theater. Ten dollars protein a bar. Some some cucumbers and yeah. Anyway, so I um I had another another two other things that have happened even since I got home from Mavara that have helped me learn that I could do it. Um, and so the, for those of you who follow along on my social media, um, a couple of days after I got home from Movara, um, Corey's, Corey's headstone was placed. And um, I was, I've figuring out how, what I wanted for the headstone and even just the process of placing the headstone felt uncomfortable and scary to me. And when I finally saw the finished piece and saw it sitting there, um, I felt proud of that, that we had come this far. And I knew that Corey would love it. And it made me feel good. Like that was something that I really didn't want to do and I didn't want to think about and I was really scared of. And it did give me kind of I don't want to say closure cuz I don't feel any <laughs> any closure on anything. It felt like a milestone. Like I could do it. Um and then the the next milestone that I have been thinking about and contemplating for the last two years is about to happen tomorrow, actually. Um, not tomorrow, Friday. Um, my son, Colton, who is my oldest, who's been on a mission for two years. And and um, for those of you who are listening, and and maybe you follow along on my social media, maybe you know or you don't, um, in the LDS church, which I'm a member of, the kids can go on a mission. Um they choose, they pay, and it's kind of a cutoff from your family. So you go out, you're gone for either two years if you're a young man, 18 months if you're a young woman, but there's no phone calling, there's no texting family. You only get to email once once a week. And when Colton left just one year after Corey had passed away, it, to be completely honest with you, it felt like a death. Um, he was gone from my home. He was gone from the seat around the table. And um, it felt very similar to losing Corey. Only I did get the emails. And psychologically, I knew I shouldn't feel that. Like I, sh it, I was trying to separate it, but it was hard. Yeah. Um, and so just to have this two years of healing and growth on for all of us this feels like another milestone and it feels good and um none of these things like the Movara thing the headstone thing even the mission thing it only happens one day at a time you can't rush it but i think it's really important and validating to be like okay that was a that was a big achievement, and um, I can feel this like it's it's good to feel good. 
No, I can um, I can remember about a year ago, you and I were talking, and you'd mentioned um, we were talking about, you know, I forget what the context of, but you're saying I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to eat healthy, and and you said some things, but you said I'm I'm just comfortable doing this amount, like I'm not really ready to take that next big step. You're like I know I need to, but I remember specifically you said the reason why is because I'm scared because I think this is my greatest shame. Like this is where I've not that you were perfect before your son passed away, because obviously you said you developed these bad habits before then, but after he'd passed away, it just, everything, just the, the numbing of your feelings by self-soothing with some sort of food or, and not taking care of your body physically. These were all things that were easy to do because you're always tired. Yeah. Um, way more tired than always, before. Always, you know, needing 28 hours in a day, but only having 24. And so there's plenty of excuses, whatever. But you'd said that, but you knew peeking behind the curtains, looking inside your mind, like it's deeper than that. It's it's something extraordinarily shameful that you felt that if I open up that can of worms, I can't put the lid back on it. So I got to be ready to open it. And you're like, I think I'm almost there. I'm kind of getting there. You talked about it. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. We had a conversation about that. And so when you decided you're going to go to Movara and you're going to do this, I don't know if you noticed it, but I was like, okay, cool. That's really great. And I was just kind of playing it cool. I didn't really say much. Well, just to let all of our listeners know out there, secretly, I was like, come on, Heidi, you can do it. <laughs> I was like, I was your biggest cheerleader behind the scenes because I live with the woman that's like Miss Fitness and like this and that. And I see how much she's influenced me. And I knew you're going to be around people like her. And when you're around inspiring people that live, eat, and breathe this stuff, just kind of, if someone comes to our workshop, they're looking at you going, wow, like, if she can do it, I can do it too. And I was right. so excited to have you have an experience, what you're going to go through, and all this stuff. But I wanted to play it cool, like I teach parents, because all you parents out there listening with teenagers, when your kids have a win, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I did my homework today. Don't go, yes, I'm so excited. They're supposed to do their homework. <laughs> or if they're like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I did something and it's okay to be excited. Obviously I'm not saying don't be excited, but sometimes we kind of want to play it cool and let them have their experience. I didn't want to tell you, Heidi, all these great things it was going to be for you. Even if I'd went to Movara, I wouldn't have said much. I want you to have your own experience. And obviously I didn't go, I've never been to Movara, but I just knew it was going to be a positive experience. And when you came back, now I get to tell you for the first time, I was so pumped for you. Here's the challenge about when someone is trying to make strides in their life, whether it be with the relationship with their family members or whether it be the relationship with their body. You want to encourage them and you want to give them support, but you got to let them have their own experience. You can't try to tell them what they're going to have or how they should feel. And so I was doing that for you and hopefully, you know, other people, I'm winking at you saying hopefully, because <laughs> I've said it a couple of times now, but um, I... I, I I was really wanting you to just have your experience and then you come back and you get to talk about the way you want to talk about it because you don't want to pat yourself on the back for the future because you haven't kept it up yet. But then again, you want to go, wow, that was so much fun, so exciting. I'm curious about what my life would be like if I did keep this up. And so I couldn't be more excited for you, couldn't be happier for you. And you said the same thing when you saw me get out of the car, there was extra pep in my step. I know it's the same thing with you. Like, remember those old, gosh, bad analogy. Remember the old high pro glow commercials for the dog food? <laughs> like the dogs that would eat, you're too young to remember this, our producer Brandon. But like, you'd see this dog, like this golden retriever that had the beautiful mane and running through the flower fields. Like if they eat <laughs> dog food. you just pulled out the high pro glow. If they eat dog food, they just look like a dog. But if they eat high pro glow, they look like an angelic golden retriever. And you having golden hair, like you had the high pro glow. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Heidi had the high pro glow. You feel I, me? I totally you know feel like I have right? yes. high pro glow. It's funny. Even like people that I've come in contact with have been like, oh my gosh, you looked so happy. And, and I, I felt it. So that, that, was an, that was amazing. The first day I showed up there, um, the guy, there was this guy who's a, a trainer. Um, and he had on a shirt that said something like, Honor your body. CrossFit or something, you know, it was yeah, like yeah, something yeah. like really. And um, so when I, I read that the first day and I was kind of like, okay, honor your body. You know, you know, like it just sounded, it was just really super 
kind of cliche to me. And I, um, I was there resenting my body, resenting like my oldness, my sore knees and legs and all those things. How did I let it get this far yeah. along? Yeah, just, yeah, I was, the last thing I was doing is honoring my body. And when I got to the end, like probably the, okay, so the end of the first week, first week I was super sore. The end of the first week, and I started thinking about that phrase again. And for the first time I was like, my gosh, my body is a mir- is a miracle. I'm, I'm hiking, I'm climbing, I'm exercising for six hours. I, I'm doing this. And I think for the first time in what feels like a really long time, um, I, I, I felt like this extreme love and gratitude for my body. No matter what the size was or the shape or the weight or the number of inches or whatever it was. You weren't mad at it. <laughs> I felt honor and, and love for, for my functioning body. And that, it was a, it was a big turning point for me. Well, you know, you hear people say this all the time that have gone through illnesses, that have had horrible, you know, things with their body. And, you know, you hear the saying, it's like your body, for example, like what we're talking about, your, um, uh, w- with, you know, without your health, how's the saying go? Uh, if you, if you don't have your health, you have nothing or yeah, something. Yeah. Like that, if that you don't have your of... health, you don't have nothing. I'm sorry. I just told him blank on the saying something along those lines. But it takes you having to have bad health sometimes, not everybody, but sometimes having to have bad health or misfortune with your health to sit and realize that. And you spend enough time in a hospital. I know for me, after I had my heart surgeries, it, like what you said, I'm like, you know, I need to honor my body. And I, I don't, I'm expecting my body to perform like a sports car, a super powerful sports car with all this power and stuff like that. But I'm putting some crappy gasoline in it. I'm not changing the oil. I'm never rotating the tires. Yeah, I'm I'm getting the outside washed and the rims look nice, but inside it's a mess. There's French fries on the floor. It's like the outside of my body, <laughs> I was like, as long as I'm not over this weight, I'm good. Or as long as like I kept on like changing the the standards. But at the end of the day, you're right. If you honor it and you have a partnership with it, much like the relationships that you have in your life, you're gonna get a whole lot of return from that investment. Right. Right. It's going to, it's going to be your friend. The other thing that was interesting, you know, you, you brought up that I do feel like it is my shame, my health and the way I take care of my body. Um, I, I feel very shameful because I, I do know better. I tried well, to get my kids, I tried to get my so kids, hard in you so know, any other areas, yeah. if you were to put them all across the board, you're like, Oh, this is the area that's, I don't put as much effort into. Right. But I was not alone in that shame there. And and that sh- that shame was out on the table for everybody to talk about uh, there, which was really awesome. Like the connection that I felt with instantly with everybody that, that was there, looking for the same thing, needing that same connection with their body, um, and no matter where they were on the spectrum of fitness or capability or health or whatever, um, I felt this connection in this desire to improve, to learn, to, to do that self-care thing. And so, um, it was empowering, very empowering. That's probably kind of a, another buzzword, you know, but, um, I, I shared a quote when I was there and it was like, um, self-care is how you get your power back. And, Without being too cheesy, man, I I, I felt that happening. Um, and as I've been very intentional about how I ate, how I how, how I'm eating, and how I'm exercising, and giving myself sleep, um, that that feels even better. And it's I don't know. I'm really thankful. I wasn't, I had to be ready. And maybe it took me a while to get ready, but I'm thankful. Well, you know, the body, the mind, the emotions, you know, they're all different parts of the same machine. 
they just have different functions, but they all live kind of by similar laws and rules. Like the more you put into it, the more you're going to get right. out of it. And before we started the podcast, you were talking about how one of the big takeaways that you had from there was that you didn't realize how much you were numbing yourself from all the different pains, the shame and everything with not taking good care of your body. Because it almost seems like, like you said, it almost seems like you're rewarding yourself. So, okay, I did good today. So let me give myself a treat. But the reward was happening a little bit too often. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you started to realize, oh, wait, this isn't a treat. This is a distraction. This is me not feeling. And then when you went there, you're like, oh, I do feel again. Like you're pushing yourself in a place where you were feeling. And, and if you wouldn't mind elaborating on that, because we said this off air, but you talked about, and I'll let you take, but you talked about like feeling again helped me realize how much I was numbing in the first place. You said something along those right. lines. Well, so so one of the things that when we first got there, we kind of talked about what the challenges are. What are the things that keep us from taking care of ourselves in the way that we want to take care of ourselves? Because I think that we can all agree as humans, we we kind of know what we should be doing and we we want that for ourselves. Um, so we're talking about all the things that get in the way. And it was like time, planning, energy, you know, it was like every excuse in the book. And we started talking about how busyness was a, a, a tool for numbing. So it all kind of started to align for me where, um, and I, there's such a drastic point when Corey died in my memory. There's this before and after moment. Um, and I noticed, and I think I did this even before, but in order to just not feel, I like to just be super busy. Um, I loved being super busy because it made me feel productive and like I'd accomplished things. And your brain and, has a really unique reward system for being productive. It's like right. you're productive, it means you're good. Right. You have worth, you have value. You have value, for sure. And um, so I think that I just put like tons and tons and tons of stuff in on my plate so I didn't have to feel my feelings and think about maybe that I didn't feel like I was enough or I didn't think I was smart enough or I didn't feel good enough about myself. So I was compensating with that. Not to mention um, I did a lot of compensating with sugar. Uh, I I figured if I didn't, eat, then I wouldn't gain weight. But then you have this energy crisis. And so I Blood would Blood sugar just, goes down. Yeah. You need so to put then sugar in your body. I would just eat a few cookies and that would get it up until I had another crash, maybe four or five hours later, and then I'd eat cold cereal. So your goal was to be diabetic. Continue. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not um, intentionally, of course, become diabetic. So, but. so what... And then there's the caffeine. Yeah. Um, which was my other kind of like go-to when I felt like I was crashing. Well, because you weren't so, producing your own energy. No, I so was you not. Had to, and I wasn't. You had to have some artificial energy. And, um, and also, I didn't sleep. And so I was kind of in this vortex of lose, lose, lose. Like there was no place that I was going to get better from. Um, and then I the thought like... Then you always have this thing like, oh, maybe you should exercise and you'll feel better, which I have always believed was a complete lie. Because when I exercise, I feel worse. I can't even walk up the stairs or um, I, or I feel like I, I'm so out of energy that I have to crash. So in order for me not to f deal with my shame, which I knew I needed to be more, ha more healthy and take care of my body so that I can have the quality of life that I demand and that I want. Um, I was keeping myself very busy, never slowing down. In fact, I never sit down to eat. I eat standing up at the counter. I eat in the car. I eat at my desk. I, I just never sit down and only eat. Um, so, so busyness, the sugar was a numbing for me. Um, the caffeine, and um, even, I'm going to say, tiredness, like just that running on empty was just 
I was too tired to feel. I was too tired to think about it. Yeah, I think science has figured something out about if you don't ever get into REM sleep, that that's not good. Like you kind of right. Have to... <laughs> it's a thing. There's a thing about that. Yeah. So I get down there, and there's no sugar. There's no caffeine. And there's no around my work. And the replacement was exercise, a lot of exercise, um, the hiking, which was very filling, the breathing. Um, and they feed you there, they feed you this 1200 calorie diet. And not once did I ever feel hungry. In fact, I often couldn't even finish my whole meal. I never once felt like out of energy. And I was thinking to myself, this is weird. I haven't had any sugar. I haven't had any caffeine. I've exercised for six hours today. And I feel great. Like, how is that even possible? Well, the first week, um, I will admit, I felt uncomfortable. I felt sore. I felt tired. I felt distress in my body, like saying, please, please take a nap. Please skip the circuit class. Um, and I sort of had to take that, that feeling on board. I felt scared. I didn't know if I could go home. Like all these thoughts and feelings, worried about work, all these feelings were coming in. And I didn't have any way to numb them. I had to feel them. And I had to think about them and ask myself how, how I really felt about it. By the second week without the numbing and feeling like I'd, I'd confronted a lot of my feelings, a lot of my fears. I talked about them with other people that were there with me, with, with the kind of advisors and the, ther and the, I want to, as a therapist, the trainers, it's a different kind of therapy. Yeah. And I realized that if I didn't let myself feel that, I wouldn't be able to take action on those feelings. Um, we talked a lot about this intuitive eating, which is eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. Do you feel that? We talked about how hard you exercise or how hard you're breathing. Instead of like counting to see what your, what your heart rate was, how do you feel right now? How's your breathing? And, and as I would feel my body, it, it was just super enlightening to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. And, um, Instead, so, so then I get kind of all the way to the end and I'm feeling all the things. I'm still nervous about coming home, but I knew I had done some, some hard things, but I, I kept thinking about this numbing feeling thing. And I realized that was like a really key part of me learning and then thinking about sometimes when people around us and they're upset or they're stressed, we want to somehow take away their upsetness and their stressness. We, as parents, we're like, oh, don't be sad. Let me buy some clothes or let me take you out for a treat. Or like we, we don't want them to have to feel sad. Or any of the other feelings, like feelings... Negative feelings are a bad thing or something, right? Nobody wants to have negative feelings. Negative feelings are hard. But it kind of all started just coming together. And you talk about this a lot, that a negative feeling should be taken on board as, an, as a notification that you need to take action. And even though you've said this to me, like, how many times? Again, with Heidi being the slow learner, it took me having my own experience and having these notifications pop up to me, it wasn't a bad thing that I was sore. It was a result of what I'd done. And I was super tired. And it was a result of how hard I'd worked. 
And so I needed to sleep. And I was super sore, and so I needed to stretch. It wasn't a bad thing. But if I would have just numbed it and ignored it, then you end up with inner, like an injury. Then you end up having to throw up your hands and say, I can't do this. It got me thinking to where negative feelings that we have aren't a bad thing. They're a result of something. And so they need something. And when you have a relationship with your body, you're not wondering what your body's saying. You know what it's saying. Right. You're not going, oh, my body's just saying it's hurting, so it means I need to numb it more. No, your body's saying, no, I'm not telling you to numb it more. I'm telling you to figure out a solution so it don't have to hurt so often. That purposeful struggle we talk about all the time, or I talk about all the time with teenagers, where I say that their biggest struggle in today's world is they don't have enough purposeful struggle. There's too many diverse ways to distract yourself, to numb yourself, to check out from the feelings that we don't want to have. In past, human beings just had to face the fact that if you did not get up and go hunt and go pick berries, you die. Period. That's it. Obesity in, and I always like to use native tribal stuff, obesity and stuff like that. If you think about them, those Native Americans that were in Movara's area in St. George a couple of hundred years ago, hundreds of years ago, that was their day-to-day life. Imagine, so my question for you is, imagine if that morning, an average morning Movara was your day here and then the rest of the day was your work day. What do you think your cre- how your creativity would be affected? Your functionality, your ability to focus, concentrate, your ability to speak and talk. Like, what? If you had to guess, how do you think that, if you would take those mornings and then add it at the end of that, an actual work day? I think you would have clarity, right? I, I, For you personally? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Is that what you're saying? Like if I went and hiked in the morning and I and I got to start by breathing and by putting yeah. good nutrients in my food, like exactly. how would I feel? Exactly. Like way better than crisis run grabbing, you know, a donut at the at the gas station. Don't worry, I've done that how many times? Um, you just set yourself up for fatigue. I mean, for what I've been doing. Well, and and you, so many people can relate to you because you've fallen victim to the same thing so many people fall victim to, which is why I came up with that saying that it's hard to work on self-care when you don't care. And the real meaning to that is it's not that people don't care about self-care. Everybody knows, that's like saying, everybody cares about their kids. Well, then why do you talk trash and be mean to them sometimes? Well, because at those moments you don't care that they're your kids because they're being disrespectful to you. Same thing with self-care. If you're not planning for that, if it's not part of your life, then you're not going to do it enough because you'll be too tired to care. So we all have that point where if it's not a part of our day-to-day routine, whether it's uh, benefiting, you know, doing certain things for your job, doing certain things for your family, your friends, your relationships, and taking care of your own personal needs, because that's part of self-care. Human beings are social creatures. If you have a list of things that have to do with self-care and none of those lists have to do with things that benefit other people, you're missing the whole point of self-care. So by you exercising, putting better nutrition in your body, you have more energy for your daughter and for your, your other kids and you'll feel less guilt and mom shame at the end of the day that you weren't the best version of yourself for them, aka you doing these things is self-care. When I say these things like, for yourself, but also right. for your family right. and the things that are important to you. Right. Well, it, it was a big, it was a big evolution for me. And not only it was facing my shame and I, part of me talking about it here, obviously is part of me owning it. It's part of some accountability. Um, but more than that, it was a real learning experience for me um, about how closely tied our emotional well-being is to our physical well-being. And if we're not going to take care of ourselves physically, it's really hard to feel good emotionally. I, I, I just don't know if, I don't even know if it's, if it's possible. I guess everything's possible, but anyway. (laughs) Um, Well, I, I pictured you there too. Hopefully I wasn't interrupting your thought. I apologize if I was, but 
I was picturing you too because I, I I've I haven't watched like tons of The Biggest Loser, but I watched enough episodes to know that that place Movara really is good at bringing people's shame to the surface. Right. And I was imagining all those people that are broke down. A, a guy I know, you know, some a little bit of a friend of mine. I, I they're not close friends, but uh, Scott Mitchell used to be the NFL football player that he was on The Biggest Loser, and he was going through the ranch, going through that stuff, and. Watching people have that look in their eyes like, how did I get to this point? Like, I wasn't always like this. And then having to face that, okay, yeah, I got myself here. Now let me figure out how I got myself here while at the same time, let me do something different. Because if you sit around and just try to think, let, before I exercise, let me figure out why I got to this point. And then once I have all the, all the facts put together, then I'll start exercising. That doesn't really work so well. You kind of got to do it like a dance. It's like a one-two step. Yeah. While you're pushing yourself, you're telling me and all of our listeners that you are learning about how you numbed in the first place while you're facing all your feelings and all of your emotions. It was a one-two, one-two. It wasn't like, I'm going to figure out all my insecurities first and then I'm going to exercise. <laughs> right. And then, you know, obviously I've come home and, you know, I went to the movies and, and legitimately fell apart. And had to had to come out and say, okay, trying again. <laughs> you, you know, I don't think that any of us can expect not having setbacks in whatever it is that we're working on. The important thing is that you put it behind you and you keep going. I, you know? I call it a painful reminder instead of like a <laughs> relapse. Because it's different. Ignorance is bliss. So before you went to Movara, before any of our listeners out there um, read a, a good book for relationships, or when you're working on some sort of self-improvement, before you actually get educated and have some new, effective, applicable knowledge, it can you can fall like, I'm just naive. I'm ignorant. I didn't know a lot. But once you get the information, once you have the experience... Then when we have setbacks, it can be very, very it's true. hurtful yeah. and painful because you're like, damn it, I know better. That frustrating part. But that's the moment that you have to see it. Well, I suggest that people look at it and say, that's a painful reminder. If you don't like the way you feel good, that's a notification. You answered it. Now what are you going to do about it? Because that's where you get to see where you're really made of. Are you feeling that this was a good experience? I'm not saying you directly, but are... I'm talking about your experience. When you go to the movie theater and you eat some candy after you had this great experience, you're going to feel down. You're going to be frustrated with yourself. But if you feel like crap and you feel the sugar doesn't feel good in your body, that's a painful reminder that you don't really need it there. Or if you have it there, after an experience like this, you want to feel like you can go a long period of time before you start to have some little cheats here and there. You want to feel like you have some like mileage behind you and Movara that you don't need Movara to live at your house, even though that would be nice. It's <laughs> right? just like, you know, just like everybody's like, hey, Dave, can you just tap into my ear and tell me what to say to my kids? Hey, Movara, right. can you just come and train me <laughs> at my house so I don't get up and go anywhere every day? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just one of those things where that experience at the movie, that's the same thing that every single one of us are going through. It, we're going to have painful reminders, and hopefully you see the painful reminders just that. It's a reminder. This isn't who you are, so just keep on going. Right. Don't stop. Yep. Well, I'm I'm super thankful. I appreciate you. I know you and Brandon uh, did some recording when I wasn't here, and both really good podcasts. I, in fact, the one that you wrote, one that you talked about curiosity, I was listening, and crying as I listened to the story about um, the young man that you were working with and just <laughs> the things that he was, anyway, if you haven't listened to that curiosity podcast, I wish I was here because I had like all these thoughts that I wanted. Well, I knew when we were doing it, I'm like, oh, Heidi would have liked to weigh in on this one for sure. <laughs> so we might have to have like a well, curiosity 2.0. Even with you as like curiosity got you to Movara. Totally. A curiosity led you to you learning how to reintroduce a new relationship with you and your body and honoring that relationship. That relationship with your body is just as important as any other relationship in your life. It can be comparable to relationship with the spouse, kids, because without your health, without a good relationship, you can't be there for all those other relationships the way you'd like to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I had... 
and interesting and and I I don't really I was I think we need to do like a curiosity 2.0 really for yeah. reals because I had just shame 2.0 we're about yeah. to do modeling 2.0 soon I had a really cool experience um with somebody at Movar talking about curiosity so that's why I thought it was so interesting that that's what the topic was that week um and it's anyway really it really tied in and so I'm I loved it so Anyway, um, <laughs> well, and this was really a catch up from both of us, but I wanted to, to take a few minutes to talk about, you know, the numbing and the feeling and stuff like that. Cause I, I was really interested to hear you talk more about that. So I'm glad we got into that conversation, but now segueing before we wrap up the episode, we, we posted about something, but Heidi, why don't you share something with our listeners and they're going to be hearing more about it in the near future. But what, what do we got going on? Light the fight. That's pretty exciting for us. It is exciting and um, and it's it's new. It's kind of new territory. Obviously, the podcast has been new new territory. Um, and we realize that lots of different opportunities and um, things keep coming at us. And we have realized that in order for us to be a better resource, we needed some extra help, really. Um, and so, through a, an interesting series of an, of events, um, we have entered into a community partnership with 1-800-CONTACTS. Now, it just so happens that 1-800-CONTACTS, if where we're located and where they're located, probably maybe David if could like throw a rock over there. Yeah. Because from his football career. Oh, Brandon just gave me a shady look. Yeah, like, I got a bad, like, I got no a bad way. shoulder. That I can barely surf right totally now. Totally like throw. the Napoleon <laughs> uncle. What's that? <laughs> well, it was Napoleon's uncle in that. Uncle Rico. Rico. Uncle Rico. Yeah. Could, I could throw a football mile. Uncle Rico could totally We would have state. <laughs> anyway, um, 1-800-CONTACTS is just one of these iconic companies here in, in the Salt Lake Valley that was born here and has grown into this amazing company. And um, they invited us to come over and meet with them. And um, we started talking about the wellness program at one Contacts. Contacts. And, and originally kind of our, our relationship started because they invited us to come and speak to their associates and their employees as part of their wellness program. And as our relationship kind of evolved, well, before our relationship evolved into an actual partnership, um, it was really amazing for me to talk to this company that put wellness and the wellness of their employees at such a tremendous priority in their company. Um, they do a lot of different things to support their employees' wellness. Um, and, I, and I know that there are other companies who do this, but the woman, the, there was a woman there that has, has been there almost as long as the company's been in business. Like these people have been doing wellness before wellness was cool. Well, and they've... They... The, one of the big buzzwords for the past five, 10 years in companies is creating a community. Well, it's easy to talk about it, but they're the model of it. Like, I mean, it really is a community. And, and I, and the reason why Heidi and I were so excited about this partnership was because on the outside, it's like, okay, what do contact lenses right, <laughs> have to do right. with relationships? Well, we went down there we're like, yeah, we're going to talk and, you know, we'd be happy to talk to some of your associates. But once we saw the community that they'd built and how long they've been doing this and how many other people are trying to follow suit from them, it's for good reason. They figured out that the people that work for them are not just people that work for them. They're actually partners with them. And so like any partnership, you got to look out for the people that are, that are part of your organization. And so they, they just have it wired. They have it dialed into a sense that I'm like sitting there looking at them going, man, you guys should be teaching other companies well, how to do I this. Well, I was like, can like I they get... should They could do like company business training for other companies if they ever want to do a side business. I just was asking them for an application. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I was like, hey, wait, you got chefs here that make your meals and personal trainers? There's your Movara. Right. I know. I just got to get a job there. 
know. I, I could just cl- maybe be a cleaning lady. No, you know what you could be? <laughs> in all seriousness, you could be their bedazzling consultant. The bedazzler. I know I could do a good job there. You know, so like a CEO any... <laughs> or, uh, or, you know, you could be the BEO, the bedazzler the executive Yes, yes because I think these companies the need, they need somebody to just make it shiny. Just pretty. Every holiday season, you can decorate the place. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk to you about that later. But Maybe, yeah, maybe we can get an in. So I think it's, it's obvious to say that we're very excited about the partnership. We're excited about it being a community partnership. And so just give a little detail because this isn't just a sponsorship. There's some there's some other things going on as well. Well, one thing that was interesting, um, obviously, the 1-800 Context Building headquarters is right out out kind of by us, and we're located in in Draper, Utah, and um, they they have lots and lots of employees. I don't know the exact number, um, a th- over a thousand employees, and these the range of the employees are they have students that work for them all the way up to adults who have 20 years kids who are students yeah and um the concerns that exist in the high schools in the middle schools in the communities that everybody it is all their employees are affected but in some way shape or form yeah um and they they came to us and said we see a need and they had a number of of people who are listening to the podcast already and um they just wanted to help amplify our voices um obviously we do this podcast for free and um our motivation is to get this my motivation and i can speak from david i think we want this message to get out we want it to be a resource um, and as we get opportunities to share in communities, to go into schools, to do trainings and all these different things that there is a need for, um, it's been hard for us to meet those needs. And so, um, 1-800-CONTACTS is a financial partner, um, helping us out. And in fact, we've already announced the very first community um, type event that 1-800 is actually helping us make happen. Um, And it's one of our first responder events. Um, And so you can check that out on our social media page, but that's coming up. It's, it's a local. Um, Morgan. It's in Morgan. Which is near Ogden for. Yep, it's those north north of Salt Lake. I had to look it up. I had no idea. I'm I'm not a local, so I'm like Morgan. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Morgan, Idaho. I'm like, is that Utah? <laughs> Just want to make sure real quick. So on October 11th, so put this on your calendar if if you're local. Um, October 11th, Morgan High School. This is for parents, and we will be doing our our spiel, our first responder. Uh, presentation. So, so real quick, because I've been gone surfing, eating fish tacos. Um, is this going to be an event, Eventbrite thing, like our last one? Like, how, how are we going to get people to make sure that they can have a seat there? Because obviously, they can only hold so many people. And I guess I don't know that right now. It's a it's a free admission. It's being held at the high school, um, and so I guess it'll be standing room only. Well, hopefully the high school is a big enough auditorium, more than a couple. It's a decent. People. It's okay. a decent okay, size good. auditorium. All right. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Okay, high school that makes sense. Yeah. So we're really excited. Um, we're excited that the folks in Morgan—they've been trying to get us up there since we first launched the podcast. Um, and they're excited. We're excited. And um, I just—I don't know. It's been such a cool experience working with One Eight Hundred. So you guys will hear us talk about them. If you need some contacts. I mean, Colin. Yeah, I mean, they're, sure. they're the best in the business of what they do, but they also happen to be the best in the business of taking care of their employees and the people that work with them, and most importantly, caring about the community, aka that's why we're excited to have them as a partner. And along with the first responder event in Morgan, in the near future, we'll also be doing a local one here closer to Draper, again, yeah. sponsored by 1-800-CONTACT, so look forward to that. So if you can't make the Morgan one, we'll be doing one here local in our backyard. Yeah, so I think it's just really cool to have 
that type of community support here locally, but it's also something that we can amplify all globally um, with our voices and with this podcast. So um, big thanks to 1-800-CONTACTS. Well, you guys, I think we're going to wrap it up for tonight, but Heidi's back. I didn't drown. For those of you who are hoping I did, I apologize. At this <laughs> no, point. we're so glad but, hey, you did it. I'll be back to surf in a few months, so there'll be another chance <laughs> in the future. Um, but man, it's just good to be back in the lab. Good to be back in the in the studio recording. David, with we're my partner kind of, in crime. I got to tell you, we're a little behind on our DMs. Yeah, you know, for all you guys listening out there, we're not going to have time to do a DM tonight, but we're going to, I said this before, I spoke too early, but we're professionals at speaking too early. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a little bit yeah, of a I DM. Like how we're we're, we're going to do a little bit of a DM marathon coming up soon. So the, yeah, anyways, we have, we're putting them all together. We have most of them together. We had access, we had hard time accessing some from our website for some technical difficulties, but we are smart. We have a and, lot. Uh, <laughs> you guys. We is, we is intelligent. <laughs> And we are figuring it out at some point. But good news is that we're going to start pumping out some DMs, just like whether it's just me answering them, me and Heidi answering them, we're going to get caught up on a lot of those. So for all those people that are thinking that we don't care, we didn't listen, we do care, we do listen, we just is intelligent enough <laughs> to promise to do things, but now we're going to actually deliver. So anyway, we're, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be back. And I, I think I got to tell everybody who's listening, just a huge, huge thank you for your support. Um, I have felt a tremendous amount of support as just as I face my own issues. Um, so thank you for that. I also want to thank you all for the extreme support that I felt um, as we did place Corey's headstone. The amount of love and reinforcement I got, our whole family felt was tremendous. And um, I want to genuinely thank you for the way that you as an audience and as friends and listeners continue to carry me and help to facilitate my own healing as as we also share this message. and And it's very humbling to me, um, and I'm very thankful for this opportunity to to be able to share. And, and you, David, I'm thankful that you'll allow me the privilege of being here and being part as you teach and share, because I'm probably the, I mean, I'm not your a student for sure. Um, but I'm probably benefiting the most. Well, you are the student sits in front of the class. Just ask more <laughs> questions, but not the A student. So <laughs> you're just not acing yeah. it. That's no, for well, sure. I, 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 I appreciate that Heidi. And, and, you know, I, I won't tell you, no, it's not that I, I will accept the compliment and thank you, but I feel the same way. I mean, I, I think Brandon, our producer feels the same way. We all feel blessed to just have these conversations heard by other people and then have responses from you guys. This is a relationship we have with all of you guys. I mean, even though we don't see your faces, um, we, we, we feel everything so, yeah. that you're going yeah. through. I mean, our, our, like Heidi always says, you know, our, our similarities are so much more than our differences. And whether we share different religious or political beliefs, you live in different parts of the world or different states, none of that really matters. Hurt and pain is hurt and pain. And if you're struggling with relationships in your life and we can add some sort of extra insight or knowledge, well then good for you. And we're excited. And as I always say, please co-sign for me up in heaven someday so I can get in or at least co-sign for me that I don't go to hell. Let's start there. Like, just give me like vouch for me. Like, yeah, he wasn't that bad. He did do a podcast and helped me out a little bit when my kid was struggling, but, but thank go. you guys so much. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Brandon, our producer. And thank you to 1-800-CONTACTS. And I think we're going to start uh, the rest of this year, uh, this last quarter. I think we're, we're going we're gonna to go strong these last three months of the year. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thanks for helping us to light the fight.
Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.